property owners. We also, <laughs> we also um, noticed the Zoom uh, information on the agenda, which is posted on the web on the website, the Ralph County website. Uh, in addition to that, it should be noted that <clears throat> the public is available to call in as well. There's a phone number that's listed on the agenda as well. Um, moving forward, a, couple, a little bit more of housekeeping. We'd appreciate it, as I'm sure everyone does, that uh, unless you're speaking or presenting, um, that you put yourself on mute. Mute It um, eliminates all the background and unwanted noise that's there. Another problem that sometimes surfaces, there is a feature on the Zoom application that provides the opportunity for both uh, participants, well, all participants to raise questions. It's a hand function and it typically is on um, the participants, under the participants heading. If for some other reason or some reason that's not working, uh, simply raise your hand and wave it if you're on video. And, you know, either I'll see it or Christy will see it or Elena might see it or somebody will see it and we'll get you that way. And in default, just interrupt. That works too. Um, but thank you. Um, at this point in time, I'm going to call the roll. And please just indicate you're here with a yes or present. Greg Yeager. Here. Andy Benjamin. Here. Linda Miller. Here. Brian Kelly. Paul Weiss. Here. Jim DeFrancia. Here. Peter Flynn. Here. Roberta Marshall. Here. Ren Martin. Here. For the record, I believe that Bill Norris is here, but he's only participating as an audience member. Uh, he has recused himself from the proceedings. We also have uh, Christy Windsor is here, Elena Bell is here, and Chris Brookshire is here as well. There's one other, there's a phone number, 970-846-5270. Could you tell us who you are? Hmm. Wondering if that is Brian Kelly. I'm wondering if that's Brian Kelly. Um, but he, but he would know how to unmute. So right. Yeah, it's yeah. muted. They don't. Maybe they don't know they're muted. Star six to unmute. Huh. Brian, is that you? Maybe not. Can you please announce who you are, please, for the record? Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe one more time, I'll try that. Um, the individual that's calling in on 970-846-5270, could you um, identify yourself so we know for the record? It's Brian Kelly, but I'm having trouble. Oh, yeah, I see that. Okay, Brian, we got you. And I also okay. noticed that. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Sharon okay, Warner thank you. is here, too. 
Okay. So we do have a meeting at this point in time. I'm going to call to order the uh, Route County Planning Commission uh, meeting of June 3rd, 2021. Um, I would like to note that at the onset, if anyone wishes to address the commissioners on any item that is not on the agenda, now would be the time to do so. Hearing none, Mr. Chairman, a slight correction. You announced the meeting of June 3rd. It's actually June 17th. I'm sorry, you're right, June 17th. It's been a long day, Jim. <laughs> uh, I've had one too. Yeah. I thought it was July. <laughs> <laughs> Good, okay. Uh, next item on the agenda, approval of minutes of June 3rd, 2021. Are there any corrections, deletions or additions to the minutes as provided? I move we approve the minutes of June 3rd. Thank you, Brian. Second. Thank you, Jim. All those in favor, oh, I'm sorry. Anyone opposed, please, please indicate by saying nay. Hearing none. The minutes of June 3rd, 2021 are approved. Next item for consideration. I will likely butcher the name, but I'll give it a shot. Hunky Bear River Ranch Campground. It's activity PL-21-121. Special use partition for outdoor recreational facility and overnight accommodations to operate a campground with six sites. Um, at this point in time, uh, typically we like to hear from the petitioner. My expectations are that would be Sharon Warner. And so- Steve? Steve? Yes, yes, Plant Peter. Before we go further, um, I need to recuse myself from this discussion for a variety of reasons. So I'm gonna switch off the camera and just listen as a member of the public. Understood and thank you, Peter, appreciate that. Uh, noting that Peter's absence will not change the quorum status. Uh, with that thought, Sharon. Dave, Sharon is having trouble connecting with her internet. She's now trying to connect by phone. Okay, we have patience, sure. Okay, so if we can just give her a minute, she's trying. Yep. Hey, how you doing? She was, um, for the record, she was connected before. Uh, she was on the call, I saw, and then I just saw that she got bumped off, so. Yeah, yeah she was she on was answering connected. audio video as well. Okay. Yeah, she, she was on because she called to make sure everything was working, and then, yeah, for some reason, she got bumped off. I don't know what happened, but she's trying to call in right now. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, hopefully that'll work for her to call in. Quick question. Yes. Chris, are there staff comments provided with the application? 
With the application or with the staff report? Uh, with the staff report. Yes, staff comments are, there's some on page three and they're also in bold on the following pages under the applicable regulations. So in each, on the bottom of those sections, it says staff comments and it's in bolder, in bold. Can you, I, I apologize. Can you direct me? You know, I have the application from the planning site, but don't have, don't see the staff comments associated with that. It's not, the, it's not the application that you should be looking at. It's a staff report. So if you go onto the agenda and go down further on the agenda, is that where you're at? Uh, probably not. I've been. Are you on the? So if you go to the main route county website, yep. um, on the left-hand side, it says agendas and minutes, I believe. Yep. So you scroll down to planning commission. It takes a little ways. It's ways down there. Yeah. Okay. So the meeting okay. of today. And then go into the PDF on the right-hand side. Yeah. And, and the agenda it should pop up. Yeah, Perfect. Okay, so if you scroll down there, the um, staff report is on there. Or hopefully. Great. Thank you. If you're, you're having a problem, I also just emailed you, Ren, the staff report. Perfect. You got it. I, um, I believe Sharon is on the line, but she is muted. Um, I don't know if she needs to know that you need to press star six to unmute yourself. Sharon. Actually, I think she is unmuted and she's video. So Oh, there she is. I was yeah. looking at uh, somebody else joined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Um, Sharon, Hi. if you'd hold for just one minute. Okay. We have another um, member, someone else joined the call. Last four digits of the phone is 0137. I, that was me when I couldn't get on the computer. I wondered about that. Okay, we're good. Okay, I'll um, shut that off. So at this point in the process, um, we've announced the petition and uh, as normal, we like to hear from the petitioner. And so I, my expectations are you will be speaking for the petitioner and now okay. you may do so. Yes, I'd just like to introduce myself. I'm Sharon Clinky Warner. Um, I am president of the Clink East Bear River Ranch uh, Corporation. And I have also managed Eagle Soaring RV Park for 14 years. And what we would like to do is uh, we are put, want to put in a campground with six sites and two of them would be glamping tents and the others would be, the other four would be you bring your own tent and um, we have a uh, sanitation station that will be centrally located. Um, it'll be all online registration so we don't have to worry about that. And um, we've got, you know, people on the ranch, two employees to help take care of it. Um, and I know everybody's got some concerns, so um, maybe I can help you with your concerns. Um, okay, thank you. Uh, Chris, you wanna provide comments from staff? Sure, um, obviously we all have our staff reports in front of us. Um, 
The ranch um, is a large uh, tract of land and it is cut off on one corner, um, which is the site that um, they're planning on, uh, they're proposing to do this campground. Um, it's divided by County Road 17 and it also has the Bear River bisecting through it. It's 27 acres. It's um, mostly covered with um, a variety of vegetation and cottonwood trees. And then also, like I said, the river. Um, the, this was a little bit of a, uh, a different type of um, review because we have two different areas in our regulations that we could have done a review under this um, for this campground. Our regulations under 8.12, which are in your staff report, um, cover campground reg regulations. But in that case, most of those are for KOA type operations. And it didn't quite work under under those regulations because this is a six site tent only campground. There's going to be no facilities operating that could accommodate larger rigs. For instance, they won't have electrical hookups for those rigs. They won't have a dump station. Um, they won't supply water to those rigs. They wanted to keep this as a tent only small campground uh, on this parcel. So there was a difference there with our KOA type campground 8.2 regulations. So we took a look at it again and we have another um, way to look at recreational type facilities, which is um, outdoor recreation facility with overnight accommodations. So we, we pursued um, reviewing this application under that, also providing you with the campground regulations of 8.12 so you can com um, combine or so that you could look at both one of those. And um, both of those are under an SUP. So we felt that um, it, it, this would work for the overnight accommodations under outdoor recreational facility. So when we review other type of, when we review any application, um, we send out to referrals. We did get uh, letters back from the from different referrals and the building department letter is included in your staff report. And the applicants have been in discussions with the building department so they know what they need to do if this is approved. The environmental health office did not give us a hard copy to supply to you. We have a database where some where comments can be generated. And um, I mentioned in the staff report that they felt the the facilities that are provided, which are um, portalettes, and also they will have the supply of water uh, for the campers, and they will also have a disposal area for gray water. And the environmental health felt that met um, with um, their regulations. So we also received a letter from the DPW, and um, they felt that uh, this um, that the impacts associated with the operation with uh, regard to wildlife would uh, would would be okay. That they didn't feel this was going to be an impact to wildlife regulation or to wildlife. We did mention that um, there will be a bear-proof trash can or dumpster in the area, so they the campers will have use of that. Um, I've also suggested that maybe each campsite should have one of the um, 
the boxes that people can put their food into to not bring um, the smell around to attract the bears. Um, we don't want to bring them into the campers and we certainly don't want to be bringing them down to other neighbors in the area. So this is something that um, the Clinky should consider when they're doing this campsite. The Road and Bridge Department gave us a really lot late um, comment. They did say that they did not have concerns with this um, application. The road is paved in this area. The access met with their requirements. The speed limit works for that area. And the only um, comment they had was that a G&E would need to be submitted uh, for construction of the area for um, for the pads for the road or for um, applying any kind of product to uh, support the traffic going in and out of that area. Um, hopefully I've addressed everything with regard to um, conditions of approval. Something may come up that we may have to um, add, but the, that is at the end of the report. Um, I did want to state because I had not put it in the, in the packet is that um, this area is not mapped for geologic concerns and it's also mapped as a low wildfire area. There were concerns about wildfire. And as you know, uh, it's already smoky in the valley. And this site, if there are restrictions in Route County, the site will have to abide by those rec um, restrictions. And also the owner is going to pay attention to the area that if they feel at any time, there could be a wildlife or a wildfire concern that they would put the restrictions on themselves. Uh, we did receive three letters um, and they were included in your packet. Um, I wanted to share my screen for the location. Hopefully this comes up. If it doesn't, I'm prepared to bring it up, Chris, just so you know. It's actually the GIS site. Here we go. Okay. Can you see that, the GIS site? No. Not yet. <clears throat> Somebody say yes. No, yet. we're not looking at it yet. Okay, hold on. Did you press the the um, green button at the bottom for share I first? Yeah, but let me press it again. I had yeah. that trouble last time. It wouldn't. Yeah, go. it's not showing on my end. That's why. Oh. Okay, now did it come up? Nope. Oh, darn it. Um, press the button one more time. Let me go out of here. Oop, there you go. You're working. Yep, I bet. Okay. I guess you have to do it three times to make it work. <laughs> this, is time's our, this is our GIS and I wanted to give you all an, an idea of where this is located. So Yampa right here and County Road 7 travels along this area um, into the National Forest Service. We did receive um, letters of concern from the Starbuck Ranch, which is right here, Cross Grill, Bear River Ranch, which does not include this parcel, it, the, the typing just went over, and the Moore parcel, which is here. So I'm gonna zoom in just a little bit more. So 
So here's the Starbuck Ranch where which are adjacent. Bear River Ranch um, covers this area here, and this is the cutoff for that 27 acres. And then the Moore parcel um, is kind of covered by the, it's this parcel, this little triangular piece right here. So um, the campground is gonna be located approximately in this area with the access being here travels along this um, uh, open meadow to the um, campsite. And I believe the irrigation ditch that was mentioned in one of the letters comes along this way. And of course with Bear River coming along this way, this is a, a, an employee house on the other side of the river. And this is the headquarters for Bear River Ranch. So I hope that gives you a little better idea of, of um, of what we're looking at here to help you out. So um, with Chris, some of the- Chris, could, yeah. could I just ask what, what kind of uses are on that Moore property? The, the Moore property is a single family residence. There is a development agreement on that. And I know the owners here can, and could address that a little bit more. It used to have a, um, for lack of a, it, it was a junkyard. There, there was tons and tons of cars and um, I don't know what all was on that property. And the current owner helped in cleaning up that area. And I know there's a development agreement. So the single family residence and there's an allowance of, I believe a camp of one, I'm, there might be two, one camp, um, not campground, but one um, unit that the previous owners can come and use that property during the summertime. I don't know the details. I didn't look up that agreement, but I know um, Ms. Moore is on the line or on uh, the Zoom so she can address a few things when, she, when we have public comment. Does that help, Roberta? Yes, thank you. Okay. So we received three letters. Um, I'm just gonna pull up just a couple of things from those letters. Um, one of the things was there's concerns because there's other campsites going up in that area. And we, we are having concerns. There are um, camping sites popping up under um, other different websites. The main one is usually called Hip Camp. And these are like VRBO sites. Um, people put on there, they say they can register through this hip camp site and they can come camp on people's properties. Unfortunately, they can't. It's, it's not within our regulations that they can do that, but we don't know about them until they're reported to us. So um, we need to be notified this. We can't help property owners out in the area if we're not aware of something like this going on or anything else. And so I wanted to bring that up that yes, we are aware that this is happening, but we a lot of times we just don't know where and they aren't registered. There's not a really good way to, for us to research exactly where they're at. So I wanted to explain that with this operation, not only will it have conditions of approval um, they will be paying a, a, a sales tax on this. We will be able to monitor this site and this site will be monitored by the owners. 
the hip campsites, we have no idea if they just open up the door and let people walk in and do what they want, or if they actually go check on them and what they're allowing and what they're not allowing. So I wanted to bring that up that, yes, we are aware of the hip camp, but we don't know about them until people tell us. I also wanted to um, kind of uh, talk about the comment about I was very confused about this, um, this comment about 30,000 experiences. I didn't know, understand really what that meant. And so I called the Forest Service to get clarification on that. And um, the forest, because it sounds like it's cars, 30,000 cars. And I spoke to the Forest Service and they are not cars. They don't do um, daily trip, um, counts for cars up into the forest service up there. But, the, but they base this figure on revenue from campsites and they have a foot traffic counter for hikers and guests to the area. And the remainder of it was just a guess of how many they thought, how many people they thought were up there. And he also explained that um, 2020 did see an increase and he was guessing approximately 25% increase and they thought it was due to COVID this last year. And as we know, a lot of other parks and forest service areas are having a, a large increase due to COVID and they truly don't know if this is gonna continue or go back down. The county did have an older um, count on this road. Unfortunately, it was done in 2013, so it is uh, rather old, but at that point, um, the ADT count was 117. And um, that also included residences in the area. There are approximately um, 15 residences, and I don't know if they have um, additional residents, for instance, secondary units or employee housing. So I could only go by what was right off of the um, aerials or the assessor's website to look at the sites move going up and down this road. Um, one of the things to, to try to figure out the 30,000 experiences is um, they, they base that on about 180 days with six months. And so we really couldn't figure that out. There really wasn't a way to figure that out unless you took an average of maybe four people in a car or two people in a car. And when you do that on an average per day, it, it's 41 cars or possibly 83 cars with two people in the car. So there was just no way for us to try to figure out exactly how many cars that were and how many people were going up and down that road unless there was a, a count done. Um, there will be no motorized toys on this site. They don't have the area for it and there's no place else for them to go unless they, they bring it in and haul it to wherever they're going, but they won't be running on this site. Um, there was a concern um, for maybe trees falling on the irrigation ditch or something else like that happening. The owner is going to have to keep track of that. They do not want a tree falling and they certainly don't want a tree falling on a guest. So they will be taking care of that type of um, maintenance on their property, along with the maintenance of the facilities in the area, the tent pads, and also the camp um, tents themselves. I also wanted to point out, and I think this was brought up at the last meeting also, 
is that the master plan is a guiding document. And we um, use this in review in association with the regulations. So the, the letter that was submitted um, quoting the master plan um, quoted mostly section one, and that's the philosophy of planning in uh, Route County. And definitely we want to have that philosophy and the goals are so associated with each one of those sections. But when we are looking at something through the master plan as a guiding document, we are dealing with the policies and the policies are in the staff report. Hopefully I have, I have covered all of them that were appropriate for this review. And um, staff really does try to make an effort to get every single one of those policies in, incorporated into our staff report with along with the regulations. So I just wanna, um, we have a lot of new members and I know that uh, the master plan is something that we are definitely gonna be working on. But at this point, to make it clear that it is a guiding document and it is a good document to help us out, not only for the philosophy and the goals of Route County, but we really need to be looking at the associated um, um, policies along with our review. Um, let me see if there's anything else I might have missed. There's pictures associated with this. So you can kind of see what's um, going on that was in the staff report. The letters, um, we did receive another letter today, which um, was forwarded to you. Um, I have barely had time myself to really look at it, um, but we have told the Miss um, Moore that she is welcome to address that um, during the meeting. And I think everything else is in the packet. Um, I will just follow up with that. Um, I just want to focus on, um, and this is for the benefit of everybody and just an educational component of the regulations and current allowances centered around camping. Um, so <clears throat> the master plan um, supports uh, numerous types of uses um, within Route County, and we have our land use chart that we heavily rely on um, to dictate how certain proposals are processed. Um, and as you know, there is a, um, an important standard in the master plan that's uh, policy that is that in the master plan that states that um, new development should be directed to the growth centers. However, with that being said, it is a very broad policy and it's intended to be that way for you all to be able to evaluate each application on a case-by-case -case basis. And, and a specific example I can give is there are uses that could have be seen as commercial or a development such as a guest ranch that our regulations say is appropriate to consider in the AF zone district in unincorporated Route County after review and approval of a special use permit. Um, a guest ranch, as you know, wouldn't be an appropriate use to be in a growth center, but um, we have found over the years and the county commissioners with the adoption of the master plan and um, updates to our regulations have found uses like that to be appropriate out in the county. Um, so that is something you just want to be thinking about, um, whether this use is appropriate at this location. 
um, and, and with all the factors that are being presented to you tonight. Um, and then specifically around camping, uh, there's been a lot of misconceptions of what is allowed and what isn't allowed. Um, so camping is something that is a use by right that you can do on privately on your property for up to 60 days. And essentially the long and short of that is, is basically you take your stuff with you when you leave. So if you had a um, vacant parcel in unincorporated route county that is zoned AF, you could go and camp provided you don't have an HOA or anything else that doesn't allow for it. But essentially you take your stuff with you when, when you leave, you don't go set up and, and what have you. However, the alternative is we do have a minor use permit process for extended camping. And again, this is for a private nature. Same example, you own a vacant piece of property in unincorporated route county and you wanted to go put up a yurt for the summer. You would come to the county and get a permit um, through the planning department and we're evaluating what are you doing with your waste? What are you doing with water? And essentially you can do that for up to 180 days. This is a different animal because this falls under the definition of campground because these are established sites, more than three for commercial use. However, there is no specific line item just for a campground that doesn't meet the standards. The intent of a campground currently in our regulations in the master plan was intended for that commercial, bringing in a motor home, you need water and sanitation services. Um, so the standards themselves aren't really applicable to this application, but they're there for you to evaluate this application. So staff um, put them in this application for you to consider. Um, this was processed as a rec facility as a campground. So we covered both uses and um, included the standards for you to evaluate, um, for you to make that determination of what is appropriate. I can say both processes are the same. They're both special use permits. <clears throat> Review and recommendation by planning commission to the board of county commissioners for approval. So I just wanted to clarify some of um, the misconceptions I have heard. And I know, you know, for some of the newer members that, you know, haven't been through the whole camping um, amendments in our regulations that happened a couple of years ago of what the intent is. The last bit of um, uh, information I want to provide you with is that if you store your camper on your property in unincorporated Route County, that is something that is considered accessory to your single family home. Um, but for you just to store it on your property year round um, is something that's not allowed because you don't have that primary use being a single family home, a residence on that property. And that is the primary use where accessory structures are appropriate, um, whether it's a garage, a greenhouse, um, or it, it's logical that you may store a, um, a camper there, but nobody is living in it. Um, so that is, that is uh, the distinctions between that. Linda, I see that you have a question. Yes, Christy, I just need to understand uh, what is a permitted use. For instance, if uh, the owner of this 27 acres wanted to put up a yurt uh, and live in it themselves all summer, they would have to get a minor use permit for that. 
Correct. The difference though is that only they could use it. They cannot rent it to others. Is that? That is correct. Okay. And um, so anybody who wants to camp on their own property can do so, but only up to 60 days. And if they're not taking, leaving no trace and taking it with them, if they're putting up a yurt or something, they still have to get permission. The big difference is when it becomes a commercial operation. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Okay. And then I had one other question that had to do with um, the uh, hip camp, basically the VRBOs of camping. Um, And am I to understand, Chris, that we're actually seeing this as an issue throughout the county? Or were you talking about this as an issue specific to this area that enters uh, the National Forest at this particular place? They, they are showing up in different places in uh, Route County. And sometimes they'll show up for a site for a while and then they're taken off. So maybe the owners decided they don't wanna do it anymore, which is the same thing that happens with VRBOs. So we've, we've had a few actually north of Yampa that are no longer in operation. Uh, we received complaints on those, um, but they, they pop up in all different areas. People use it as a way to generate some income on their property and um, they kind of come and go. And sometimes we can catch them and get them shut down. And sometimes they just disappear on their own. So it's it's, it's it, and the difference is, is that it's not associated with the house. So they, they pick up their stuff and then they leave. And so it's, it's kind of hard to know where they are until somebody tells us. You mean another, when you're talking about being reported, for instance, by a neighbor or someone who is uh, impacted or is seeing the problem. Um, but it is not something that is just indicative to this particular entrance into the national forest. You're saying we're seeing it. This is a uh, national problem. And right. we're and we've just recently, within the past six months, I would say, been informed of this new site. There's always all these new ideas and new land uses that come to our attention. Um, and as you know, we are um, you gotta love the shared economy. Um, and uh, it is definitely taking off. Um, but as you know, we are complaint driven, our co-enforcement process right now. Um, so we did get receive a complaint about six months ago and we were successful to work with that landowner. Um, they actually ended up selling the property um, and the use went away. Um, but that was the first indication that we were aware of this new site, which is very similar to an Airbnb VRBO. And as Chris indicated, it is very difficult to track because they typically aren't associated with an address. Um, or they don't provide you that address um, until um, you know you make a reservation. So it's been difficult. Um, however, you know, in this instance, the applicant, you know, for your consideration, is trying to come through the process to regulate this, um, you know, with appropriate conditions. If you saw fit to approve this application, Roberta. Oops. Oops. Sorry. Oh, you're muted. 
Sorry about that. Um, I'm not sure if this is appropriate for Chris uh, or Christy, but given that the site is, is zoned ag forestry, I was wondering if you could explain what type of ag is actually on the site. For example, is, is this a livestock operation? And then what about in the general vicinity based on some of the comments that we've received? Um, this, it, Sharon may be able to answer that better than me, but she did mention um, that they have used this area for grazing. Um, but it, other than that, it's not, um, there's not a hay meadow or um, you know something like that, so that type of ag operations. And there are different types of ag operations. So I think maybe Sharon could answer that better. And I don't know exactly what the neighbors uh, operations are either. Um, and the, it, I didn't walk the entire fence line, but the portion that I walked, it was fenced. Sharon, would you care to comment or add some additional comments? Um, yeah, we just use that for grazing. Just, you know, last year we put our steers on there and um, it is fenced all the way around. Um, and we do take care of the fence because of the neighbors, because we know it's a fence out state. Um, so, you know, there are neighbors that do graze um, livestock on the other side of the fence. But yeah, there's no hay meadows, there's no... We have grazed on a whole lot. Uh, thank you, Sharon. Uh, for the record, just to keep things clear for um, um, the minutes, I, I think I'm seeing that Kevin and Cindy Krausville joined us. Do I have that correct? I believe. And I don't think they, yeah, they were subsequent to um, the beginning. Um, I have a quick question for Sharon. Uh, not a question so much. Did I understand you to say that you're president of Bear River Ranch? Is that correct? The corporation, yes. Okay, thank you. And then, is your middle name a coincidence with one of the letters that we received? My middle name? Okay. Yeah, did I get, what, did you give your middle name? I don't think so. Okay, then uh, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I misunderstood. Um, I might have. I don't, I don't know. Okay, I have qu any other questions for the petitioner from um, the commissioners? Greg has his hand up and so does Ren. Greg? Yeah, um, one of the comments that I saw uh, that I also am a little concerned about is cell phone coverage. Um, Chris, when you did your um, inspection, did you see uh, any cell phone coverage? Uh, do you know anything? Uh, behind that? I didn't call anybody when I was out on the site inspection. So I think that's a question for Sharon. I do know that uh, Verizon has no service. Uh-oh, I'm buffering. Verizon has no service there. But I do know on the home place that AT&T does have service at our house. We haven't tried over there. I can confirm um, AT&T um, has coverage in the area from the newer tower that you all recently saw and approved in Taponis on County Road 3. 
Um, that tower does cover this area. Um, I don't know specifically on this parcel, there are a lot of little nooks and crannies, if you will, going up that road. So, um, but from what I've heard um, and from what I have experienced, there is AT&T service. Yeah. And then I do have one more question for staff. Uh, with our approval that says, uh, just give me one second, uh, findings of facts, it uh, states, and I don't know if there's a typo or if uh, we are looking at this section 8.2 of the zoning regulations, is it meant to be 8.12 for the camping or can you explain the, okay. Typo. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Ren, you had your hand up, I heard. I do, question for staff. Christy, uh, what, what were the other complaints that you received? Um, you mentioned the one there on 131 that was doing VRBO camping. What, were, what was the nature of those complaints? Um, there was one in between Yampa and Phippsburg um, for a property that was on the market. And um, last summer, last 4th of July actually, we received three complaints, um, three complaints on that piece of property, um, had no idea what was going on. I did a site inspection and found there were like six campsites right along the Yampa River right there. Uh, no oversight, um, obviously no permits. Um, so that was an enforcement case that we eventually closed due to the property selling. And it was during a phase where the property was under contract and um, the, the property owner was um, allowing a third party to use the property. And my understanding was to make some money before they sold the property. Um, so um, that was the only one we received a formal complaint about, but that was our first eye opener to this actually being a thing that we need to be looking at and um, be prepared for. So the nature was just the unpermitted aspect of it, not a specific impact. No. It, it, so the why these need to be reviewed, and it is the offsite impacts, we need to look at and consider review on what they're doing for sanitary, what they're doing for water, the siting of these, you know, are they meeting their setbacks from water bodies, things of that nature. And then obviously the, the traffic and noise, um, those potential type of concerns um, to our county roads and neighboring parcels. So those are, those are the big ones. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> if I may, oops. and this is this is going to be a memory check um, for staff because mine isn't working. Um, I think at the north end of our county, do we not have um, an almost identical situation on what I call the Fetcher Ranch? I know we. Weren't the Fetchers in here a year or two years ago requesting something? And I, well, I know what it was. Did they not want to put decks in for a yurt or some kind of camp being tense? Is something else going on there? Help me with this, Christy, or somebody. I think you're thinking of book trails okay. when they Correct. came out. Mm -hmm. okay. That was a special use permit, came in as a rec facility with overnight accommodations, uh, similar to this, um, and that was for Book Trails, um, which is a um, camp outside of uh, in Steamboat. 
Okay. But I, I guess in my head, pretty similar, I think. Actually, perhaps even larger. I don't recall how many yurts they had together, but, um, but it was um, a larger operation. There were more, um, I would say, activities associated with it, um, is, is being that the nature of it was for a camp for kids. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Any other questions for staff and or the petitioner at this point from the commissioners? Okay, hearing none, I'd like to open this up to um, public comment. And I don't know, um, Kevin and Cindy, would you like to start? Oh, you are muted. Okay, better? Yep. Yes. Yeah. That works. We, moved, we moved into this, we moved into this area 30 years ago. And one of the things that attracted us was the fact that it was agricultural land. And we have preserved what we've been on since that time in order to you know, pass it down to our children, et cetera. And both Kevin and I feel that it, it's a matter of um, the misuse of the land. This is a, a beautiful corridor to the to the mountains and I think people come from all over the state in order to um, you know reach the mountains but they uh, everyone's always making comments about um, the beauty of the surroundings so to me I think it, it opens up a lot of different um, uh, problems I guess what we're mostly concerned about is the fire danger because I think that people don't necessarily follow the rules and on a year such as this, there's you know, the opportunity that something could really get started. Um, so that's just basic, that's basically it for us. I think it's not a misuse of, the, of, the, of this corridor. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, next, yes. Good, there you go. Hi, I'm, not, I'm Noreen Moore. I'm sitting on Anne's computer uh -huh. because, my, because my computer doesn't have the bandwidth to do this so um my biggest thing about this is that this is really a misuse of this property we are all in agriculture i am not but all around us is agriculture and and livestock down the road perhaps another half mile of sheep I could go through the map and point out where you have a variety of things. You have two sheep people and you have goats. You have a lot of different livestock here in addition to, to um, steers. Uh, the reality of it is, is that this road and this valley and the view that you have when you come into it is known for just how beautiful it is and how peaceful it is. So uh, when I found out that there were other campsites unpermitted, I was interested in the behavior of people in, in remote campsites. And I think that's in my letter. Uh, we have, it's consistent. I spoke to uh, one, two, two different neighbors of two different sites, both said the same thing, noise, traffic. Uh, uh, we had a sighting of one dog. And then of course, recently we had gunfire. That's on the sheriff's report. 
So without a doubt, what we have here are people that once they are secluded and somewhat removed from the normal constraints of a KOA or a, um, you know, a, a, a guest house, you know, when you're involved in that kind of thing, there's some accountability. But these things by their very nature are removed and suspect to some amazing misbehavior. Uh, if you're not observed, if you're not accountable, we all know that. How many people go through stop signs? I was in property management for quite a few years, 15, and I can tell you that most people do not listen to rules. Um, they come at it with their own perspective. So uh, like Steph had said in their report here, they thought this was a nice use for people who desired um, you know, peace and tranquility. Well, that's why I have my property. I like peace and tranquility. Having six campsites about maybe 500 feet away from me is not going to be any advantage for me or any benefit. The other part of it is how it relates to the road and people that are coming on it. Um, this, when I say 30,000, this came out of John Aranella. He, um, he gave me the numbers of how many hikers they've had, which I think were 15,000. We had uh, 10,000 campers and we, you know, camp spots. And I can't remember the other one right now. I divided it down to two people per car coming up this valley to see this gorgeous and pristine place. Uh, if we start having campgrounds here, I mean, the other part of this, if you permit this, you're going to have quite a, perhaps more, more applicants. I think that it's a real dangerous use and precedence for here. Um, I had a, a bunch of different things to say, but I think I'm going to yield to Anne for a moment because I know she's got some things. And if I found some more things here, I'll go ahead and, and answer that. I do have one little thing though. Um, I think it was you, Roberta who, Roberta, who asked about that little parcel, the more parcel. It was a uh, junkyard and I cleaned it up. It was under um, a, a court case with the county for 10 years. Uh, and it was unsuccessful in getting it cleaned up. But when I bought it, I did clean it up and it was 5,000 tires. It was enormous, the amount of stuff that had to be taken off this property. As a matter of fact, when I did do that, the owner of the Clinky Ranch, Dorothy, complimented me on improving the roadscape and getting rid of that nuisance. So I find this an irony that now we are being asked to perhaps have another nuisance of a different kind of a commercial thing. So I ask that you do not permit this. I think it is really bad, bad um, legacy. Thank you. Anne. I'm Ann Clinky and I live, um, the, we're, we border it as well. We do graze livestock on the one border. We think that dogs is, is very likely gonna be a huge problem. Um, people that are camping, I know one of the hip campsites, they have pictures of how, and comments of how great it was to have their dogs running free. I know in the petition, it said that, you know, dogs must be kept on a leash, but from my experience, that simply doesn't happen. Um, same thing in the forest. I've ridden horses up in the forest and your dog has to be under voice control. And people say their dog is under voice control until that dog sees a horse or a cow or a sheep, a deer, an elk, whatever, and 
it's a predator and, and they're after that livestock. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a problem. Wildfire is a big concern with six sites um, in a river bottom where the grass grows tall early in the spring and then by mid to late summer it's dry as a bone and it only takes one spark. Our main haystack yard is only a few hundred, you know, what, five, 500,000 yards away. Um, that's our livelihood is cattle and hay. It's everyone's livelihood on this road, except for maybe Noreen. Um, the people that border um, are absent. The other people that border, there's three separate entities that border the Clinky Ranch or that, that parcel of the Clinky Ranch. They're absentee owners, but the people uh, run an ag operation on it. They've leased it for the last probably 25 years. Um, they, have the, they have the same concerns. Um, my other concern is the irrigation ditch that runs through. We own the water in that ditch. We have to walk the ditch. We have to maintain the ditch. Um, we're actually probably gonna be doing some big maintenance on it in the next year or two. Um, one of the campsites is right on that ditch. And like I had said in my letter, you know, I, I don't want to walk the ditch and wave to the people camping. We didn't, we didn't sign up for this. And then the last one, I guess it's probably the biggest one is we went through a lot to get this property, to get it conserved as agricultural land through the Colorado Cattlemen's Land Trust. And this just happened and it was Route County PDR money that paid for it. And I find it, I don't know. I, I guess it just shocks me that, that you would permit something like this, that's commercial use right next to ag land that you just conserved less than a year ago. It's 100% ag land surrounding this one corner. Uh, thank you, Ms. Moore. I have a couple of comments. One thing is where this entry road goes is a very dangerous corner. Um, I'm surprised that wasn't cited out to you. I know I have been forced off the road when I've been walking there because it's a curve and it's a blind curve. So there is one thing there. Um, the other, I've had another thought, but it kind of went away. I'll figure it out in a moment. <laughs> um, if you could hurry that along, because typically what we do is close public comments. So um, anyone else from the public wishes to comment? Steve, I'd like to comment if possible. Um, yes, go ahead, Peter. But you're as... You're commenting as a member of the public now. I am, I am a member of the public at this point. Okay. Um, I have two concerns. Number one is fire and number two is dogs. First of all, the fire danger is significant. Um, while they said it's a low fire danger, probably because there's not a lot of um, trees and deadfalls and uh, beetle kill and stuff. I can tell you that when the hay uh, crop dries out later in the year, um, if some stupid resident that came from Minnesota thought that he could burn some excess stuff without a problem, 
I wish I had a video to show you of that same stupid Minnesotan driving around at high speed in his gator, dragging his harrow, trying to put out the fire in the undergrowth of the hayfield that was dry. So this is not a low fire danger area that they're talking about. And um, Verizon does not service that area. I don't know whether there's AT&T stuff, but once the fire gets started, I have no idea how they're going to stop it. Uh, second is dogs. As Ann Clinky's letter stated, um, dogs that are not ranch dogs um, don't understand um, either wildlife, which they will chase and harass, or livestock, which they will chase and harass. Um, as probably most of you know, um, us ranchers that find a lot of dogs harassing our livestock are entitled to shoot them, which should be interesting for some of the uh, people that think that they're having a wonderful camping experience. But um, I, I would like to see a show of hands from the commissioners of those people that believe that people coming and staying at this type of campground will actually keep their dogs leashed at all times. Steve, Mr. this Chairman, is I, not- I, I object to that, Mr. Chairman. I don't think- I'm, I'm not going to allow that anyway, it's okay. This is, should not be allowed. It won't be. That's fine. Just but you made your point, Peter. Just think about it. Anything else, Peter? Nope, I'm done. Okay. Anyone else from the public wish to address the commissioners? Hearing none, I'm going to close the uh, public comment portion of this proceedings. Um, recognizing that there have been a fair amount of questions and a fair amount of comments from the public, I'd be interested to hear from the commissioners their thoughts, unless they have any other questions first, we'll start there. But my sense is they'll, they'll both kind of cross over. Quick, quick question. Yes, Ren. What is the relation of the applicant to the property owner? The relationship? Um, I, am, I am Dorothy's daughter. Dorothy's daughter, thank you. Any other questions? Andy has his hand up and then, uh, he does. And then Jim. Okay, Andy. Uh, just going back to Peter's comments um, and specifically with the training that we just went through, the nature of that was highly unusual and I'm not sure, you know, with all due respect to Peter, he's a, a great planning commissioner. Um, and has every right to actually public comment, but that is a um, a little bit of a conflict of interest as we kind of went over just yesterday regarding participation by members. So I'm not sure how to, to handle that now that it's already on the record. <clears throat> I think that, um, I actually think we did talk about this and that whether it's anyone as a right, as a member of the public to comment. Um, I think the commissioners are also um, 
I'll just say intelligent enough and smart enough to listen to the comments and take them into consideration and go from there. I think your point is taken, but I think um, Peter did what Peter did and we just move from there. But thank you, Andy. Um, someone else you said had their hand up. Uh, Jane, uh, Jim. Jim, sorry. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, just <clears throat> a couple of, um, of reactions to some of the public comment. Uh, uh, there was objection that it was a commercial use uh, next to dedicated open space. Um, I would characterize it as a commercial operation. Uh, the use is actually camping, which is not, in my mind, in conflict with preservation of open space. If you charge for it, that makes it a commercial activity but it's not a commercial use in the sense that you're building a shopping center or something of that nature. So I don't find the, that, that I don't find the character of camping to be dramatically in conflict with the preservation of, uh, of, uh, of open, open space and property. Um, the, um, uh, the second comment that was made was uh, uh, I thought somewhat biased. It talked about uh, most people don't obey rules. Actually, I find that most people do obey rules. If they didn't, we would have a very, um, a very chaotic and uh, anarchist society like you find in small Central American countries. And that's not the case uh, of, of what we find here. Um, uh, as to the fire danger, uh, fire danger is fire danger. We live with it, it uh, ebbs and flows. Uh, we have it sometimes, uh, we don't have it sometimes. Sometimes it's greater, sometimes it's less. I don't wanna pick on people from Minnesota uh, goes back to the issue of people obeying rules. Um, I think we're all aware of fire danger here and so are guests and users. Uh, the same would apply to dogs. Um, people obey dog rules on our trails and some people don't. Uh, I, I, just, I, ju I just don't find any of those comments to be, at least in my own personal view, um, uh, fatally detrimental to the proposed camping proposal. So those are my views. Thank you, Jim. Um, Greg, what do you think? Yeah, to me, I feel like Jim uh, mentioned a lot of good things. I kind of uh, have the same sentiments as him. Um, I think that the rules are here. And if rules are broken, such as dogs off leash or anything like that, uh, we do have a code enforcement officer for the county now. Uh, can be investigated and looked at, and then that would be subject to this coming back to us and then us reassigning if this is a good use for the place or not. Uh, one thing that I would like to say for conditions that haven't been addressed in the conditions now and something that I think could be something that would be helpful to be added would be um, they do talk about uh, emergency services, but they don't really say that there needs to be a 24 seven contact that's available um, with the, um, the operation. I'd like to kind of have that as a condition. I don't think Ms. Warner would really care to uh, have that added, but we'll see after I uh, make my comments. Um, just because then that's something that we can kind of go for saying that there needs to be someone near the property if there are any kind of complaints from either the neighbors or from the other campers that are actually there. Um, with that, you know, maybe even just uh, even putting an, a readily available cell phone with coverage or something like that uh, for the condition as well. Uh, 
that I'm on the fence with, but I do think that a 24-7 contact uh, should always be available while in operation. Um, thank you. I, and But I, I guess, Craig, I'm interested to know one other comment that I thought maybe you would have picked up on. Chris mentioned bear-proof containers at each site, I think. Did you hear that or did I just dream that? I, I did mention that, Steve. Okay. All right, uh, never mind. Just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, Paul, thoughts? I have uh, been a camper all my life and I've totally had experiences with dogs. Normally it was my dog when I was young and dumb and the dog was young and dumb as well. And I've had great experiences, um, even with people shooting guns nearby and, and, and more. When it comes to rowdiness, I don't often run into people who are looking at stars, um, listening to heavy metal music. So I'm, I'm reluctant to agree with that argument. And I definitely agree with Jim's argument when it comes to discussion about fire. And when I look at the site, though I haven't visited this site, the site seems like it's pretty well mitigated with uh, the surrounding trees and shrubs. If that's not being done, I'm sure the owners have that in consideration because they don't want any more of a problem to occur than, um, than not. Overall, when I look at this project, I'm, I'm wondering, does it benefit the community? Is it, is it, does it not benefit the community? Is it something that's gonna um, damage the experience for folks um, going up and down County Road 7? And I'm having a hard time seeing where, that, where that's a, a big problem when we're talking about um, sections of land with nothing on them other than a couple human beings and a ton of cows. And when it comes to the commercial aspect to this property, appears to me to be more of a of an experiment than anything else because six campsites is not going to be a lucrative venture for anybody with the sizable land that these folks have as well as the cost that they incur having the the employee housing very near to this campsite is definitely going to be able to mitigate a, a number of problems that could come from the campers when it comes to noise and dogs and more so i find i find that this pro this pro project uh, works for me. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Um, Andy, comments, questions? Where's your head? Um, the, there's been a long established relationship between ranching, ranchers, um, hosting visitors. Throughout the years on this commission, we've seen applications that come through, um, and where we the the county has even encouraged limited what we would call quote unquote commercial um, enterprises on ag land as an attempt to drive additional revenue. Um, I'm very familiar with this area of the county. Um, I see Noreen walking on the road often when I <laughs> go up to the flat tops. Um, and I also know Anne really well, our daughters have gone to school forever. Um, in general, the use I think is allowable. 
I struggle a little bit with the traffic and encouraging any type of additional um, traffic than what that road already sees. I think that's where I have the most trouble with this particular application. Um, like I said, I think in general, the use follows, um, it, the use is allowable. I'm just a little bit hesitant with that. The traffic on that road is um, variable and oftentimes dangerous and significant at times. Um, it sees an incredible amount of use during the summertime and the fall during hunting season. Um, so I, I guess I call myself conflicted. Okay. Um, Linda Miller, may we hear from you? I appreciate um, the guidance that both Chris and Christy were giving about uh, the purpose of the master plan being uh, an overarching kind of philosophical approach. Um, but I also look and say, if it isn't supposed to stand for something, then why do we have the philosophy to begin with? And in looking, um, as I went through the master plan, I found so many more points, either in under philosophy or goals, all the way through that said, if we can preserve, I mean, to sort of summarize, if we can preserve even a small corner of our agricultural heritage, our agricultural land and keep it that way, that should be a fairly significant goal. Um, I'm looking at this and saying, um, I, I disagree with Paul who said this looks more, well, I guess I agree in one way. He said, this really isn't commercial, it's an experiment. Well, that may be true. Um, I don't think it's an experiment Route County needs to deal with. Uh, I see this as potentially encouraging even the VRBO aspects, uh, the hip campers, that whole approach. Um, and so um, just as I think that's how we got stuck with short-term rentals and we don't have a county that can go out and stop these things, I understand the argument that, well, then let them control their own little campground over there but I think the problem is, is that the, the inroad then uh, for little campgrounds on agricultural community throughout the county just becomes greater and greater. I don't think that is what our master plan wants. Um, I view the master, I mean, I understand that when you get into the zoning regulations uh, you can find the nuts and bolts uh, that say this can be done and meet the rules. For me, this happens to be uh, a special use permit that can't meet the goals. And I think um, if, the, if the goal 
for preserving Route County's agricultural heritage wasn't one of the most stated goals, uh, I could certainly say, well, yeah, they can have a six site campsite. But I look, at, I mean, I, and I will at the point that I'm, you know, asked to do so, um, go through and cite throughout the master plan any number of points that I think uh, are brought up that uh, this just, it isn't needed. And I think there's a great deal to be said for property that doesn't have anything on it. I don't care if it's a tent or, you know, any kind of interference from man. This particular piece of property has an irrigation lake and a ditch. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's agriculture. Much beyond that, it's just not fitting with what's in that valley. Um, I do have concerns that, and I will, it's specifically as to water, 5.11.C uh, does say that to the extent possible, we should avoid development in and around water bodies. The Bear River is a water body. And um, I, I have concerns about water levels. I have concerns about the impact that, you know, quite frankly, the impact of, of animals on the river is going to be significant this summer. But I think the impact of camping on, on a river is far more concerning. Um, and the 50 foot setback, I know they can comply with it, but the goal is not to develop near the water body. And so that's where I'm, I guess, on the one hand, I can say, yes, can they, have they presented a nicely put together package and do they meet the zoning regulations? Yes, and I understand that they're trying to do a good job of that. But for this particular application, um, I feel as a commissioner, my job is to speak towards the philosophy and the goals of the master plan, not the meeting of the regulations of the zoning regulations. Okay, thank you, Linda. Um, Roberta, we have not heard from you. So if you would. Well, I completely agree with everything that Linda just said. Um, when I reviewed the zoning regulations under ag forestry this morning, it, section 4.4 says that the purpose of, of the ag forestry zone is to provide productive ag and forested lands to provide for productive lags and forested land. And although there are examples of special use permits that are allowed, it's, it should not be to the detriment of the preservation of agriculture in this county. I, I completely agree with everything Linda said about the master plan. I have real concerns about wildfire. Um, you know, it's already the middle of June and I've been sitting at my house for the last couple of days watching the, the smoke come down from, from Wyoming and points. I just, I just don't believe that uh, a campground makes any sense in this location. We've got plenty of other places in the county where camping is allowed. Um, 
I, I'm empathetic to the ranchers in the area that, uh, you know, dogs will be a problem because people will keep them off the leash. I guess I'm more pessimistic about human nature. Um, and, uh, you know, other things that are mentioned, I'm not sure how significant gunfire is, but certainly noise and, and traffic and water quality are all it, it just, to me, issues that are too difficult to overcome for this particular application. Okay, thank you, uh, Roberta. Well, um, I will offer just- You're from Wren also, um, and also I believe Brian Kelly are the two we haven't heard from on my list. Right. Um, that's kind of where I was going to go. But Brian, are you still on? Can you hear us? Can you hear me? We can hear you actually quite well. Very good. I've been listening. I'm pretty conflicted also. Uh, this VRBO thing seems to be just like Airbnb sort of taking over like camping and, and, you know, remote RVing or whatever you want to call it. And there's something to be said for having an SUP that's somewhat regulated and monitored as opposed to just acting like that reality doesn't exist. We had this discussion, gosh, eight months ago, 10 months ago about a B&B up in North Route. Um, so I'm kind of torn on that one. Uh, I understand the rural character. This is definitely a rural character type area. Uh, I went by within a mile or two of it today twice. Um, the cell phones in this area are not good. There is that tower up on uh, High Hill just west of Yampa, but man, it doesn't get Verizon. Let me put it that way. Uh, so I wouldn't count on any rescue via cell phone unless you were on the specific plans that access that the tower there and the tower down in Taponis, which we looked at a couple of years ago, if memory serves me correct. Uh, with all deference uh, to the dog owners in the audience, uh, it only takes a few bad owners to really spoil the, the, the barrel of pickles or whatever you want to call it. And unfortunately, sometimes people are irresponsible about their dogs and then they are into the wildlife or they are into the, uh, the stock. So I'm pretty torn on it. It's pretty low impact. You know, during the time I've been on commission, we've heard a couple of applications for SUPs on rural areas or ranches that were far more dense and impactful than this particular application. Um, so that it's, it's sort of 50-50. I'm, I'm pretty torn on it at the moment. Okay. Um, Ren, comments. Thanks, Steve. Um, I'm very sensitive to the agricultural community. I think we're going to continue to see these types of applications as uh, ag families look for uh, additional economic um, opportunity. Um, I think Andy helped kind of center some of my thoughts and, and Linda. Um, I am very conflicted on this. A um, couple of things that, that stand out for me, you know, we're trying to permit this uh, under the outdoor rec with 
overnight accommodations. And if I'm not mistaken, in, in within that permitting, it's that's normally incidental um, to the meaning the overnight accommodations is incidental to the overall permit. And so that's kind of where I focus um, the accommodation aspect. Um, I think there's needed additional information. Um, I see this as is is a urban rural conflict um, that here urban folks campers are going to be coming into the rural environment and so um, I need additional information uh, focusing on the site. I'd like to hear or see the limitations um, to the to the particular tent sites, um, how many people are going to be allowed in these tent sites. Um, we're seeing a big sprinter and motorhome component. Um, we've, the applicant has talked a lot about um, looking up at the stars and the quiet nature of this. If you go just further up to Yamcola or Stillwater and just take a look at any given weekend at those campers, they're very recreational oriented motorcycles. Many people in those US Forest Service campsites, um, you know, it's a family compound. So I'd like to hear or see the limitation of vehicles in the campsites. I'd like to hear limitations of number of people. Um, is there going to be trailer parking? Because many who come up to recreate, recreate also with their motorcycles, especially just due west of here, um, in the Forest Service, riding those Forest Service roads. I think there needs to be focus there. Um, the employee mentioned the two employees. I think there's some better definition of what those employees will be doing. Um, is there going to be, uh, you know, employees on site um, and, and when they're going to be on site, especially during the evenings? Uh, the other aspect of this permit is noise. Um, again, urban rural challenges. Um, I think there needs to, the applicant needs to have more information, provide more information on um, the quiet, the, plan, the overall plan, when people can check in, when people can check out, um, sensitive to a late check-in and, you know, what type of noise visual pollution that causes for the overall area. Um, and, um, and obviously thinking about those offsite impacts to the surrounding area. So I, I need more information to make a better decision um, regarding the noise issues and how those will be specifically mitigated. Um, I, looking at the overall site, it should be noted that this is uh, just under an 1100 acre um, ranch. Um, I own a ranch, a 620 acre ranch due south, actually share water rights and storage rights with the clinkies, multiple clinky families. Um, I don't think some of us would be having such an issue if this impact wasn't being pushed right up into the very Northwest 27 acre of this overall 1100 acre ranch. If this was centered, um, some of those other impacts that I just pointed out may be able to be better mitigated. But I have challenged that this site, this, this 
impact is being pushed right up on the very northwest corner, as close to the neighbors as it as it can be. Um, as Andy pointed out, yeah, it's it's the use is allowed, um, but I have issue that this particular application um, on this particular location just it just has too many challenges without me seeing additional information to make a better decision. Um, like many have said, I, I, I have concerns about the short-term rental. This to me fits under short-term rentals and those impacts that go along with it. Um, you know, these, this is a rural setting. Um, urban dogs don't necessarily fit in to rural settings as well as some of, um, as, as we all might like. And, and sometimes, um, and I'm, I'm maybe jumping to a conclusion that many of these campers are coming up over the hill from the front range and, and bringing with them dogs that just aren't used to these, this type of environment. Um, uh, and I also have a concern about the cell phone coverage. There is no there's no Verizon cell phone coverage on this site in terms of the emergency concerns. So thanks, Steve. Thank you, Ren. Um, well, based on what I'm hearing, um, it appears to me that we have a number of commissioners that are, I'll use the word because it came up two or three times, conflicted or sitting on the fence. I would be interested to know, and I want to take a poll, how those commissioners, actually what I would like to do is take the temperature of the commissioners in light of Ren's most recent comments about additional considerations being provided by the petitioner. And if so, um, does it merit um, having the petitioner, if, if the petitioner is willing to provide additional information to the commissioners? Did I make sense? To everyone, good. Um, Andy, your thoughts? Or Andy, you got a question up? So go ahead. Oh, your hand is not up. Uh, I didn't have a hand raised. I don't think. It sure looks um, like it on my screen, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, is it, you know, rent to Ren's point of if this was, you know, I just happened to pull up the Google Earth image. <clears throat> if this was being proposed, kind of to the south, um, you know, going through the property and accessing some of the, the larger areas of the ranch, I think people who have concerns would probably think about this a little bit differently, maybe. I agree with that statement. Um, the fact that it's this proximity right to the road. You know, as far as additional information, I, I believe it's helpful. I don't know that there's anything there that's going to help me formulate a better decision because again, the struggle for me here is, is I'm working more off of a feeling versus actually making a decision based on the, um, the master plan and zoning, you know, Linda really tried to focus her comments on the master plan and, one of the key things about the master plan is that it it focuses on the preservation of our agricultural heritage in my opinion by pretty much considering 
almost any option that an owner is willing to put forth uh, to drive additional revenue on their property. Um, open land and especially agricultural land in this valley has been chewed up more by large single family homes that really don't participate in traditional agriculture anymore. Um, I think that's a larger, you know, we saw 40%, 47% growth in unincorporated Route County, which the majority of it is zoned ag forest. Um, so we're losing that ag land um, just through what's allowed uses um, at the state level. It's hard to say like, again, it's hard for me to say how to properly vote on this one because um, the use, the use is allowable. Um, and I believe that the applicant can come up with mitigation for concerns. Um, I just feel that there's going to be an immediate conflict with neighbors and I, I, that is going to be problematic. Sorry for my rambling. It's okay, <laughs> but, but you, you touched on the, the, an answer to the question, but I'm not hearing it quite right. Um, I think I hear you say that the owner is likely or probably can come up with additional conditions or mitigating efforts to address those issues that have been presented so far. But what I'm trying to understand, would you be in, would you support allowing the petitioner time to come up with those um, at this point or not? And that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting at a tabling, you know, are, would you, you know, if we were to table this and give specific direction to the applicant so that they could develop more answers, again, I don't know that they're going to overcome for me the fact that just like what Ren said, this is, this is on this one small portion of the parcel. If it was out in any of the other 1100 acres, I could throw, I, I, I couldn't have as much concern about it. I wouldn't have as much concern. Okay, that's fair. And I just, I guess I misunderstood, but thank you. Um, Jim. Uh, I had a question to staff. What's the duration of a special use permit? A duration is what planning commission can make it. We um, can approve for a year with a review at that time, a lot of times we approve them for five years. Sometimes we approve them life of use um, with um, inspections by staff, which we try to do yearly. Sometimes we don't have the personnel to do that, but there are different, um, you can condition a, a, an approval so that it can be reviewed again, either by planning commission or, you know, maybe it's just staff in a year to give you a report and to see if you want to hear it. Thanks, uh, thanks, Chris. Mr. Chairman, where I was going with that is follow back on some of Andy's recent comments about uh, uh, either further conditions of greater specificity or that in combination with some near-term defined use to see all this, see how this all works. But it is allowed and I took that into account. Okay, um, and in terms of In terms of allowing the petitioner some additional time to come up with or address some of those conditions, do you have a feeling in that direction? 
Um, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. And I think it, make, it might make some of the tent setters more comfortable. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I think there's merit to having maybe some more defined um, conditions of, uh, of operation. And uh, so I'm, I'm okay with that. If, they, if, if the applicant is prepared to do that, uh, uh, a deferral is fine with me. Well, obviously it goes without saying. I mean, we'd have to have the input from uh, the applicant, but I just thought I'd take the temperature to the commissioners. Um, Greg, where are you at? Yeah, to me, I'm fine. You know, uh, the only real big issue that I had was the 24-hour contact. Um, I think that would be an easy condition. Um, I would like to kind of say uh, to Roberta's comment about the ag forestry, I do believe that this is kind of preservation when you look at kind of the practices for uh, forestry these days, you're not really seeing that much forest timber or anything. You're seeing recreation use, you're seeing campgrounds in primitive areas. When you're trying to do pr primitive sake and that kind of stuff, you're trying to conserve the land and show people um, that, you know, it's worth saving and that kind of stuff. So I don't see this use being too detrimental um, to the ag forestry and that it actually does fit pretty well with it. Thank you, Greg. Um, Paul. I agree with what Greg said. I don't find that this is a huge impact. I think that maybe moving this into the center of the ranch is gonna be just as, just as problematic as having it where it's at right now. Um, I, fi I find it, um, I just find it hard to agree with a number of statements and I definitely agree with a lot. I am, I am not conflicted. I think that this is an allowable use. I think that the owner has thought this through and has an obligation to make this work for the community and the and the county, or the special use permit will will um, not be renewed, as I understand it. Um, Paul, are you okay? Though, would you support a movement to table if the petitioner was agreeable to that? Sure, no problem. Thank you, um, Roberta. Comments, thoughts. Actually, I'm looking for an answer to my question. It's really what I'm looking for. So is the question whether or not I would agree with uh, tabling and allowing the petitioner to come back with additional information? Yes, I think um, the comments have been made that perhaps some additional conditions could be provided that would make a number of the commissioners much more comfortable with the use. And so with that thought in mind, providing that the petitioner is willing to even consider that, my question is, would you support a tabling? Yes. I guess I would support it tabling, but I'm not going to say that I would necessarily support it in the end. Okay, that's an answer. Thank you. Um, Ren. Steve, yes, I would, I would support a tabling. Okay. Thank you. Um, where am I at here? Brian. Uh, Brian. Are you still uh, with us? If we do table, if we do table it, uh, the proximity question is a big one. 
but also the road access to a place that would be more remote on the ranch, the 1,100 acres. You certainly don't want to be cutting new roads, and you would want screening on another site, if there was another one, further back into the property. So uh, certainly we'd want, you know, we'd have to review that as to an individual site that would be more remote than this one. And, and I agreed with Ren's general comments about it's so close to the neighbors and so close to the main road that that's what's creating a lot of the issues. So you would support a tabling if so requested? Yes. Thank you. Um, Linda? Uh, I can support a tabling um, as <laughs> I think as Roberta said, that doesn't mean I'll necessarily support what comes back, but I certainly would not want to um, eliminate the opportunity for other petitioners to hear what is, you know, what some of their concerns are and see what, uh, what the petitioner can do to address those. Um, so I would not oppose tabling. Um, okay, thank you, Linda. So, uh, under normal circumstances, I don't, I'm not a real proponent of tabling uh, matters. I, I, sometimes I think we just forego the inevitable, but in this particular set of circumstances, I think the comments that have been raised are quite good, number one. Number two, this may be, to a limited extent, one of the first um, petitions that we've seen or have seen along these lines where an agricultural owner um, in our county, you know, wishes to develop just a, a corner or an edge or a piece of their property. Um, and to the point that that's come across, there is no doubt in my mind that the master plan clearly directs us to, pervert, to, to preserve the rural and agricultural nature. But I think it also talked clearly about the fact that recreation is a huge and significant portion of our, our economy here. And so to that extent, I think this is deserving maybe some additional consideration. And if the petitioner is willing to provide some additional safeguards and some additional considerations, and agree to additional conditions, I, for one, would at least like to see what the petitioner comes up with. Now, having said that, it really kind of falls in the petitioner's lap. Um, if Ms. Warner is interested in, a, in a further addressing some of the matters that have been presented before her, i.e. trailer parking, limiting the number of guests, um, uh, some type of a communication system, that's available 24-7 in the event of issues or problems. Um, the cell phone coverage kind of falls into that place. Um, if that's something that you think you can address, then if you're, if you're interested in having this petition tabled, we'd like to hear that from you. Yes, we're, we're willing to do whatever we have to do. If you guys want more information, we'll come back with more. Um, and I, I want to key on the word information be careful with that. I don't think we're just looking for information. I think we're actually looking for specific oh, changes to the petition that would, would put a number of the fence sitters, if you will, and address the concerns that are out there. 
We will. Okay, thank you. Um, Mr. Well, Chairman? Yes, sir. Uh, based on that response from the petitioner in the prior discussion, I would move that we table uh, uh, petition PL21121. Um, uh, I'll ask staff to name a date certain. <clears throat> But to allow the petitioner to make modifications as appropriate um, for further consideration. Is there a second to Mr. Francia's motion? Second. Thank you, Brian. We have a motion and a second to table PL 21 121. Um, I don't, do we need to have the date agreed upon, I think, at this point in time? Or is that subject to? Well, we can do that post motion, I guess I want to say. That so. should be included in the motion. I mean, a decision of if if you want it date specific, we should do that now. If it's not, it's tabled indefinitely until we bring it back for you and we would have to notify and re-advertise. Um, Mr. DeFrancio, do you think- I'd, you I'd, I'd recommend a date certain so that we don't incur the cost and procedural uh, issues of uh, uh, re-advertising a, a new date. Okay, so, and Ryan, are you okay with the, just a slight amendment to the date certain? Yes. Okay, what I'm trying to do is incorporate, or just add a little bit of language to Jim's motion, which I think he really meant to do anyway. It just kind of slipped his mind. So we have a motion to table the matter, PL-21-121. Um, to a date certain for the purposes of receiving additional conditions from, or additional considerations and conditions from the petitioner. And we have a second from Brian. Any discussion on the motion? That's problematic, I believe. You, your date has to be specific. We have to set a specific date. But I defer to the staff to recommend a date certain. Our next, I believe. Pardon me? Uh, uh, July 15th, sorry. Chris, just confirm that. Could I ask the um, petitioner if that's adequate time, essentially 30 days? Yes. Okay, good. Then I would uh, add to my motion a specific date of July 15th. Brian, are you okay with that? And I would, I would agree to it as a second. Okay. Uh, Chris, can you just confirm that date for me? Yeah, it doesn't look like at this point, I'm looking right now. I don't believe we have anything scheduled on the 15th. Is that a planning commission day? Yes. Yes, yes. right? Okay. So that's, I thought that was the case. So June 5th, uh, July 15th at 6 p.m. Yes. Good. We're good then. Um, so we have a motion and a second to table this matter to July 15th, 2021. Um, I'll do a roll call for those that are in, first of all, any discussion on the motion as presented. Okay, hearing none, I'm gonna do a roll call in this particular instance. If you support and are in favor of tabling in the motion, please indicate yes. If you're not, please say no. Jim Francia, Francia. Yes. Greg Jager. Yes. Paul Weiss. Yes. Andy Benjamin. Yes. Linda Miller. Yes. Roberta Marshall. Yes. 
Ryan Kelly? Yes. Ren Martin? Yes. I think that does it. One, two, three. Okay. Um, there are no no's. Chair votes yes. The motion is tabled until July 15th, 2021. Oh, and by the way, for the record, um, for the public, uh, I don't know that we will republish. I know, matter of fact, I know we will. We will not republish um, this July 15th date. So, but you're aware of it. Um, and the agenda will be put forth again in the uh, Route County website. Okay, thank you. Next item on the agenda. Excuse me, I wonder if yes. I can answer the question. Um, does the same protocol apply now? In other words, there'll be a, a new plan submitted on the Route County website and then we can enter whatever concerns we may have. Uh, I'll defer to staff for the time being. I think I have the answer, but rather than make a mistake, I'm gonna have Christy respond. Yeah, so it is the same process and procedure. Uh, the applicant will submit the information, um, the revised application, and it will be available to view and we will accept public comment on those. We'll just need, Chris will give you the date. We will need um, information by, by, for the applicant and, um, and for the public to submit public comments so it can make it into the packet. And I can email that to you. I need to figure out when that date is. But Noreen, we have your um, information and we've been in contact. So we will, um, Definitely inform you um, when we get the revised information and Chris can provide you those dates. Did that answer your question? So that's good, thank you. Yeah. Perfect, okay. Uh, Christy, I think you're on next. All right, so um, thank you everybody for joining the training the other day um, with, the, uh, with the attorneys. Um, I think that that was um, helpful. We do, as we had um, mentioned, we do have another training set up for you. Um, it's gonna be through DOLA. Um, I believe Eric actually mentioned that um, earlier during your training that um, we've been in contact with DOLA and it's more specific training for planning commission actually. And it's a free training that DOLA does and they come to us. Um, and actually they try to get as many um, other boards and commissions involved in the area as, as possible. So I'll reach out, um, Andy, this is specifically for you because you have asked um, and, and I'm delivering. Um, so they um, asked if other planning commissions in the vicinity, so like Oak Creek, Hayden, Yampa, um, they are welcome to this training. So I will coordinate with all of those, um, um, the other townships on when that will be. It will be in person, either August or September. Um, some of the things on the agenda I can highlight for you is um, in addition to probably some overlap of just the legalities, um, they're gonna also focus on long range planning and implementation, which I think is gonna be really useful for everyone, you know, going into the um, next phase of the master plan update, as well as 
effective meetings and decision-making. Um, obviously there's always the legal and ethical issues, which we can get to in a second. Um, and, um, you know, why plan and, you know, just all the basics. Um, and I think it will just be really good since we will not have an opportunity this year to go to the APA conference, the, the local chapter here in the county. Um, Christy, what that, about the online training? Do you have any budget uh, for online for the APA? Um, we don't because the commissioners cut all of the training budgets um, for everybody. However, I fully expect money to be in the budget next year. We're going to be going into budget season and everybody knows and understands the importance of, um, of training. And um, we're actually far better than where we thought we were going to be through the pandemic as a county as a whole. Um, from um, a budget standpoint. So I fully expect we'll have money in, back in the budget for next year. Um, however, um, I mean, I don't want to keep throwing trainings at you. I think some of you all are interested. Um, I've gotten some other feedback um, coming from Board of Adjustment, that is, that they're, they, they're starting to think they're overtrained. So that was, um, that was good. <laughs> um, apart from that, uh we also have let me just see if there is anything else here um okay so um you know just to follow up on what we saw tonight um i think we all witness and andy thank you for um andy and jim speaking out um that was you know something that was inappropriate for our, um, a board member to, um, to speak up. I understand he's a neighbor and was trying to speak as a commissioner, but this is something that our attorney specifically spoke to. Um, Peter wasn't at the, um, at the training. Um, however, um, you know, we, we did tell him and we have informed all of you if there is a conflict, um, for example, Bill, um, contacted us earlier today about his conflict and we just asked, he can listen. Uh, it's really not appropriate for you to speak and also to turn your camera off. Um, so, Thank you. you know, <laughs> thanks Bill. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to bring that to your attention because it just happened and it's fresh in our minds. Um, and we probably, you know, I, I didn't know he was going to go to the level that he did, um, but we probably should not have let him speak at all, frankly. Um, but moving forward, uh, lessons learned. Um, this is just how we grow and and be a better commission as as a whole. Well, I think Christy, you hit it on the head. He should not have been allowed. Um, and I think it works the other way too. He probably knows that he shouldn't have been allowed. And I think you could take advantage of the situation. He, he, he took it to another level that he shouldn't have. Um, so that, that was really the difference too. Um, so I'll, I'll be having a conversation with him. Um, but apart from that, some exciting news. Um, so Steve and I had the pleasure of sitting in on interviews all day long um, for the consultant to represent us and to support us with the master plan update. We um, had the selection committee um, evaluate four of the five proposals. 
Um, if you recall, you all gave your recommendations. Um, and as a committee, the committee involved, it was myself and Steve, Steve representing you all, myself representing staff, a county commissioner, Beth Melton, uh, the county manager, Mark Collins, and um, also our PIO um, at the moment, who is Robin Shepard, who really handles a lot of our communications and outreach currently. Um, and collectively, we thought it was best to actually interview four, and I'm really glad that we did, um, because as you know, you get a very different perspective on, you know, in person versus just on paper. So I think um, for the most part, I would say Logan Simpson was in everybody's top three, the majority that is. Um, and in person, um, collectively, they actually scored the lowest. Um, and I was, uh, that was a little disappointing for me because I think I had, you know, really high expectations. Um, somebody else who um, I think did really well was Design Workshop, um, which I don't think the majority, I should say, was expecting much from their interview. Um, ultimately, though, we recommended Cushing Terrell, actually. Um, for, um, for it to be the consultant for the master plan. Uh, they definitely did a great interview. Um, I think the highlights were is that they had um, not only clear direct experience and um, the technical in-house support, um, they also worked very well with um, Connect One who was in the proposal and that is their communications and outreach specialist. And, um, and they were really well versed to deal with specific issues and examples that they gave us with some of the things that we know that we're gonna expect um, to um, face, especially with the challenges of West Steamboat and annexation. Um, so they spoke heavily on that, um, as well as acknowledging the amount of work that we already did going into this which then will allow them to really focus on um, educating the, the public on the master plan process. We're all in it every day, um, but as you know, there are so many plans and updates going on all at the same time right now, and it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up for us, you know, between the county master plan the city's interest in moving into updating the area plan. We just finalized the climate action plan. So at what point do you get um, really outreach fatigue, you know, was the buzzword, I guess, you know, is that we were talking about today and trying to keep that momentum and, and um, focusing on explaining to the public why this process is important and how it's different from these other processes and why to be involved. Um, so ultimately that became, um, you know, the, the one that was recommended. I will say, and, and Steve could speak to this, is that um, I don't think Cushing Terrell was actually Steve's top, um, 
but um, he did acknowledge, and I think this is a good problem to have, is that we did have four really good candidates, and that's a good problem to have, that it was a really hard decision of like who actually was the best. So we came up with a scoring sheet, and we were basing it on community outreach, their communications plan, conflict resolution skills, project leadership, and um, Route County staff participation, because some of the consultants, the concern was, you know, if staff is stretched and, and we're clear, we still wanna drive the bus along with you all. We don't wanna hand this plan over. That was very clear, but we need somebody who can support us because we're in our busy season um, and we need somebody that can, you know, me, I would be the project manager overseeing this all but and be very involved but I can't really appoint more staff to be doing tasks to see this uh, to see this process through so um, so with that I don't know if you had anything to add Steve um, <clears throat> no I think that I, the value of the person the in-person interviews to me is just it's huge and it's evidenced yeah. by um, my original choice and my first choice didn't finish in the final two. Um, one of them did. Cushing Terrell was my second choice kind of on a going in basis. And another one was my second choice. But it was interesting, you know, once you go through that, the personal side of it and you listen to the consultants, you, you, you sense their energy levels and you sense their expertise and what they really want to do. It's an extremely valuable exercise that you need to go through. And it actually turned my thinking, um, as Christy mentioned. But yeah, I think we were very fortunate too. Any one of those four really would have done a nice job for us. So it's kind of like, as I said, splitting airs maybe. Yeah, I think it was just um, Cushing Terrell was in, in most opinions, the most well-rounded and had all the tools in the toolbox and also acknowledged you know, um, the work that was done, they did their research um, and really had strong outreach skills, um, which I think is really important through the update of the master plan or any plan process to have, you know, this should be the community's plan, right? So um, yeah, uh, so that was an all day event. So that was fun. Um, so Steve and I have had a very long day up until this point um, uh, on Zoom. Mm. <laughs> Um, and then actually, well, Steve was on Zoom, I should say, and then some of their team members were through Zoom, but um, all of them showed up in person, like the, the point people that we would be working with, which was nice to see that rapport in person also. So, um, so with that, um, the next order of business, um, there, there's two things I want to run by you. Um, there is, we did move to in-person meetings this past week with the county commissioners and we used a new system called the OWL. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's the latest craze in this hybrid model. It's, it's literally this little computer um, that looks like an OWL. Um, it's a speaker that sits in the middle of the room and it picks up who's talking and turns the camera. So people that are over Zoom, your face appears um, who's talking, but you can still see um, the, the, uh, 
the thumbnails of everybody up above the top of the screen. Um, we weren't sure how this was going to work, and especially for the, um, the meeting on Tuesday, which was a follow-up to your subdivision application, which the county commissioners um, approved unanimously. So um, they did commend all of you for your um, detailed discussions and work and recommendations that you put into your, um, your review of that application. So that is the first step of that subdivision process, which was approved. Um, but from a process standpoint, the hybrid actually worked well. We were really nervous about moving forward on such a controversial application to have the hybrid, um, but it did work well. All commissioners and staff were in person, um, but there was mixed. There was about 30 people in the crowd. Um, and then there was probably another 10 over Zoom. Um, so with that and knowing how the technology works now, um, if you all were in agreement, we could move to in-person for the 15th, which is our next meeting. Um, or at that point in time, we were thinking August because we actually didn't have anything scheduled for July at this point. It's all administrative um, level activities at this point in time. Um, but now we have a meeting scheduled for the 15th. So I would leave that up to you. And I would also recommend um, now that we have most of you, but I can send out an email um, to do um, recommendations for chair and vice chair at that in-person meeting. Perfect. Um, I will just chime in and let you know that that owl does in fact work. And I was, <laughs> it works quite well. Um, and frankly, I don't know that I knew that was even there until the topic came up. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the presenters spent a bit of time because she seemed to be somewhat familiar with the owl, only she had a different name for it. And it finally dawned on me, oh, that's why that little owl is up in the corner of my screen. But yeah, it really worked well. I was impressed. So the point of that is, I mean, my preference is I still wanna be in person, but anyone that um, you know has conflicts or can't travel or what have you, be comfortable knowing that it's a pretty slick system. Yeah. I think the preference and the majority feel um, all the members should, to the best of your ability, try to make it in person. I'm sure that there's going to be exceptions for all of us, but I also um, want to note that we have also indicated that if we know that it's a light agenda, something that's not controversial, um, and we pretty much have a good feeling for that, we can let you know ahead of time um, so you don't have to drive in and we don't have to meet in person, we could probably do something like approving minutes or if it's just a, a work session, um, not a public meeting, we can make the judgment call to do it over Zoom. Does that work for everybody? Any comments? I just wondered if you've given up on the idea of having some day meetings. I have not given up on that. Um, I think oh, it no. is gonna, what was that? Oh, I don't know who that is. Is that Brian? Brian, maybe. Um, so where we left off last, um, there were a couple of you that still um, had commitments during the day. 
um, where it was going to be an issue, specifically um, Bill Norris, uh, you know, shared with us that after June, uh, he was going to be retired. Or did you already officially retire, Bill? And congratulations are in order. Yes, retired and thank you. Nice. There you go. So good job. Yeah, I, I Congratulations, Bill. Um, so that was like my indicator point of where um, you know we were going to consider that after July, and then whether we're moving to hybrid or not. So, uh, do we want to talk about that in July? We, we definitely can't move during the day um, in July. Um, that's something we'll have to organize if there's an interest still from everybody and consensus, we just have to coordinate with, uh, there's a little, there's a new caveat to that is that the OWL system um, could be used by um, another department head during the day. Um, and so it's not planning commission's OWL system for this hybrid, um, it's the county system. Um, so there is a, there could be scheduling conflicts with going during the day, but we can work on that with the commissioners if there's an appetite to, um, to do that. I would be in favor of it myself. It's just coordinating it and making sure that the OWL would be available and the room available on planning commission days. Can we take that just meeting by meeting as an issue and put it on an agenda at the end of the meeting? We, oh, that's we, a good idea, Steve. Yeah. Okay. I think a meeting, a live meeting on the 15th, I think is a good idea. I'm anxious to meet everybody personally. So that's there you go. <laughs> so we are reserved all from July starting now until 2022, just so everyone knows, regardless of if we have the meetings or not. Right. But what was that, Elena? Say that one more time. We do have the commissioner's hearing room reserved until July of 2022, starting in July. So as far as right. the right. meetings go. Right. Right. But also um, just to also clarify, it's confirmed for our night meetings. So if we did move to the day, we will have to coordinate to make sure that the room is available for day meetings. And that will just be on staff to try to coordinate and it shouldn't be a problem, but I just wanna put that out there. Sounds good. All right. So I will put that on the agenda along with um, votes for chair and vice chair. Sarah will be back. Um, to help with that. And typically we do that in person um, and basically, um, you know, providing us a, uh, we, we just provide essentially like a hat, you know, for everybody to put it in and it's, uh, you know, so it's confidential and um, you can vote how you will. And that's typically how it's done. So we can so, look forward to that. So, so Christy, the, the hats to put the votes in, it's not, you can't bring campaign hats, right? You just gotta put the <laughs> no, no. And I also expect at that meeting, um, based on the timing, the consultant, you know, officially will be on board by then. Um, there are some logistical things, you know, it needs to go before the commissioners for formal um, adoption and payment and, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, so by July 15th, I can have them uh, join and introduce themselves and we can have a Q&A or they might have an idea of, of presenting um, more of a um, detailed plan for the next, um, for the next year. So um, I will have that on the agenda as well. Perfect. All right, so it's 8-12. Are we calling it? Uh, we are. Good. 
Thank you, everyone. We're adjourned. I appreciate all of the uh, Thanks, everybody. comments this evening. Yeah, it's quite good. Have a good week. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Bill, congratulations again. Thanks again. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> good night. See you later, Bill. All right. 810. <laughs> That's right. You've got to mark that. Um...